Welcome everyone to our Oavetorah slash Hanarabanon Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's Shiur, Erev Shabbat, Parshat, Emor and Akwanim, is dedicated to Lunar Shmat, our Rabbi Rabbi David Jamal, Alava Shalom. Today's Shiur, Daf Samach Gimel, will begin on Samach Bet Amur Bet. It'll start at the two dots. Uh, the first word, Lo'avid, about 20 lines from the bottom of the page. Darash Rava b'nez Ilah. Rava, the son of a made the following dinata. And he says the following. Okay, let's clarify. He says the Gemara. My dikhti v'yom en Hashem. What is this pasuk that says, by the time when the Jews were doing sins, we said that there was a, that when the Jews were doing sins and it caused the destruction of Beth Mikdash, it mentioned that there was a lot of hanky-panky bad things going on. So we're going to read the Pesukim and understand the depth that the Pesukim is trying to hint to us. Hashem said, because the daughters of Zion, Govu, are tall. What is the point of saying that because the, the daughters of Zion are tall, Hashem is going to punish them? What sin is there in being tall? Says the Gemara. They would walk with a very upright posture. It says, they went, they went, pulling up of their of their throats. They would put their their big toe opposite their heel to walk in a certain way. This way they they're they're walking very lightly to be attractive. What does that mean when the Pasuk says that? They would put makeup on their eyes to hint to people to look at them. Uh, they would always make sure, a tall woman would always make sure that she's walking together with a shorter woman. This way it'll emphasize her height. By emphasizing her height, she's calling attention to herself in a way that wasn't salute. And with their feet, they got Hashem mad. Amar b'Yitzchak, how could you get Hashem mad with feet? They would put perfumes in their soles of their shoes. They would walk around the marketplace of Yishalayim. When they would go next to unmarried boys, they would stamp their shoe against the floor so the perfume goes on the boys and gets them to look at them as they're walking nuts in youth. In a way, just like the an angry snake would put its venom in, they did it in the same way just to cause Jewish boys to Averot. My how did Hashem punish them for these terrible things? Like Rabbi Ula says, 
והיה תחת בושם, מה כיה? השם says, instead of the perfume, you'll be hit, you'll have wealth, and you'll be smelly. ותחת חגורה, and instead of the belt, נקבע. What does that mean? שמקום שהיו החגורות בצצו, in the place where they would have, in the same spot on the body, where they would have belts which were uh, attractive, they ended up with wounds. What does that, does that mean? In a place where they would, uh, where they would show off their hair, they ended up with bald spots, which is disgusting. What does that mean? in a place where they would bring to happiness in the private parts they would have to be wearing sackcloth because all these things are instead of the beauty that you use for the wrong excuse me The beauty that you use for the wrong things, Hashem will punish you, each one, midah, kenege, midah. Amar this is what Ava says, Hayu da'ami inchi, chalufi shufra kiva. Instead of the beauty, you end up with pain. Keva. Keva is uh, wounds that have, um, wounds that have pus in them that cause problems. V'shepach Hashem kodkod v'not zion. Pasuk says, Hashem will hit on the head of the door of Zion. Amar, this means that they have leprosy. Therefore, we see the Zerashavah tells you that hitting to the leprosy that was part of the Midah Kenegwida against the Jewish girls walking without Tzidiyut. Hashem pithan yada. What does this mean? That they were spilled like a keton. That means either that they had a lot, the, that the, it's referring to the private parts of women, either that they had a lot of blood or that they had a lot, had a lot of unwanted hair. This is what was a punishment because of their Nazi dress. Now that's all talking about the daughters of Yerushalayim. Amr Yudam Arav, Anshei Yerushalayim, Anshei Shechaitim. The men of Yerushalayim were terrible as well. Adam Omer Lechaveror, the man would say to his friends, Vama Saata Yom, what do you eat today? Vama Amila, Mepat Amila or Mepat Amila? Did you use bread that was well worked or bread that wasn't so well worked? Did you have did you have did you have white wine or black wine did you have a wide couch or did you have a narrow couch a good 
a good friend or a bad friend. All these sayings were have in mind for Zenut. They're all different Zenut questions. Did you have a girl well worked, which means was she had relations before or not relations? All these are, are code talk for talking about disgusting things as if you are a person who is a gentleman. So when you go, even when they were talking nicely, what, what kind of wine you had today, white or black, they're talking about the complexion of the girls they were being with. So all these things were, it was the way that people in Yushalayim were doing, which was one of the things that caused the destruction of the Beit Mikdash. That's for Shalom. Amar Achba, Amar Biyuda. Atzei Yerushalayim Shalkinamon Haya. The the wood of Yerushalayim, which used to be there, was made out of kinamon. And when they burned the Beit HaMikdash, the smell went in the whole Eretz Yisrael. And once Yerushalayim was destroyed, they put it in Kinizah. There was only the size of a barley seed left. It was in they they this little bit was in the treasure house of this Cincinnati Malkata because it smelled so good that the Queen Cincinnati wanted to have it in her treasure house as her own personal perfume, even though it was only the size of the Sora. We can imagine how beautiful the whole bed of gosh must have smelled, being that it was made out of this beautiful smelling wood that was subsequently uh put away. Okay, Rebutai. We are now on the Mishnah on Dav Samach Gimel Amudalf. Says the Mishnah, Lo Yasehaish, Lo Besaif, Lo Bekeshet. A man cannot go out with a sword and not with a keshet and not with a bow. A man walking out with a sword or a bow is a sur on Shabbat. Lo Betiris, Lo Be'ala. He can't go out with a tiris, with a shield, Lo Be'ala, and not with a mace. I am going to show you pictures of these things. If you look at my screen, you will see the shield is over here. Sorry, the shield is here. The mace is a big club that he carries around. It's another type of weapon. Okay? Can't go out with any of those things on Shabbat. And not with the spear. And if you went out with it, it's a regular burden. It's no different than carrying a pitcher of water. It's something to carry. And therefore, of course, Yechayav Katat. This is Tanakamah. These things, they're ornaments. When a guy walks around with him, he looks cool. He looks macho. And therefore, being that it's an ornament for a man, he says, it's only Patur Abalasur. He disagrees that you can bring a Korban Chatat for someone who walks in, who walks around on Shabbat with a sword or a bow or a shield or a mace. The Chachamim Omim Ena Ela Genai. Chachamim prove that it's actually, not only is it not considered an ornament for you, it's actually less nice when you wear these things. Why is that? It's a Genai. Because Pasuk says when Mashiach comes that uh, no nation 
is going to lift another sword against another nation. And the fact that that's considered a Mota Mashiach thing, if wearing weapons was a good thing, the rabbis wouldn't get rid of it. So we see that wearing weapons is not nice. And if it's not nice, then it follows that Yechayav Chatat if you carry it around on Shabbat in the public property. Birit Teora Biyotim Ba B'Shabbat Birit, we're going to see what it is in the Gemara coming up soon. It's Tehor, it doesn't get Tumah, and you can go out on Shabbat with it. Kevalim, Kevalim are chains, leg chains. When a person was a prisoner in the olden days, one of the things they would do is they put you leg chains, which prevents you from running away because your legs can't separate too much. Even nowadays, sometimes they put leg chains on people and they carry them around. So these are Timim. They can get Tamer, these leg chains. You can't go out with leg chains on Shabbat. A person with a leg chain cannot go out with it on Shabbat. What is Allah? Kulfa. A kulfa we said before, was a mace. Okay? Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Rabbi Eliezer said that these weapons are actually jewelry for a man. Tanya, now when we say jewelry for a man, it means that just like jewelry for a lady is is more like a garment and technically should be mutar, but wasn't for the Yisera. For a man, there's no special thing that ladies can wear jewelry. Jewelry happens to be worn by ladies, but the hetero of jewelry should apply for men and ladies equally. And therefore, if there's something that that is comparable to jewelry by ladies to a man, like, for example, if a man carrying a, a, a sword looks macho, and you have a guy who says, hey, I don't want to walk around that sword. I want to be seen like a tough guy. So putting on a sword might be similar to a lady putting on earrings. And therefore, mighty patura balatur. So says the Gemara. Tanya, we have a bright which explains the actual back and forth between the and the Hamim about the swords. So yes, if these are considered jewelry, why are they going to be batel when Mashiach comes? They would leave him more. Amalehem. So he told them back. The reason why they're not going to be around is because no one needs them. So they, so they ask him back, oh yeah, well, so what? If they look nice, why don't men wear them even when there's no need for them? Because they're nice looking. If you're right that they claim that they're nice, so that men should always wear them. Why only when they need them? Amar midi Abaya answers, Abaya is not part of the Machloket in the Brighton, but Abaya is coming in the time of the Amoraim to answer the unspoken question in the Brighton. Rabbi Eliezer can answer, you know why they don't wear swords in the time of Mashiach, even though it does look nice? Because it only looks nice when it's needed. Just like if you have a guy who walks around with a flashlight. A guy who walks around with a flashlight during the day looks like an idiot. And it doesn't look nice. Why? Nothing wrong with a flashlight. Right. But if you wear a flashlight in time when no one needs it, you look foolish. It's like wearing a raincoat on a sunny day. So too, when a person when a person wears a sword at a time when swords have been not necessary, so he looks foolish.
be the response of sensing it went up for him. This whole Gemara, which is quoted over here about the time of Mashiach, this whole Brighta is arguing on Shmuel. Because this Brighta makes it sound like when Mashiach comes, there is going to be no war at all. That's a Pasuk, really. Right? But Shmuel claims that that Pasuk is not talking about the days when Mashiach comes. That Pasuk is talking about the Olam and the Shemot, according to Shmuel. And we'll see the inside. Dama Shmuel. And Ben Olam Azelimot of Mashiach El Shibud Matriot Novad is a famous statement. There's no difference between nowadays and when Mashiach comes, except for Shibud Matriot, which means, except for being uh, beholden to the other kingdoms. The Jews who now owe their, owe their well-being to the Goyim and the other countries, when Mashiach comes, we will not owe our well-being to them. We will be good because of Hashem and not because of them. That shibu that we all have to be nice to other people, and we have to, uh, or whatever, we can't build the Bethlehem or any of these things, those things are because we owe our safety to other people. When Mashiach comes, that won't be. That's the only difference. Everything else will be the same. Now, there's a Machloket. Tosman asked the question. He said, how could they say that? What do you mean? Isn't the Bethlehem Dash can be rebuilt? How could Shmuel say that there's no difference now? Is The only difference is whether you have Shibud Malfiot, whether you, whether you owe your fealty to other nations. What about the Bethlehem Dash? He says, Lav Dafka. Bethlehem Dash is also included. The Sfat Emet, the Ben Yorda asked the question, and the Ben Yehuda says, how Ben Yehuda is the Ben Yishchai. So he wants to know, he says, if that's true, that it's Lav Dafka, and there's other things left out, so then how do you know that, our, that Shmuel argues on our brightness? Shmuel says there's not going to be swords. The brightness is not going to be swords. Maybe there really is not going to be swords. And the fact that we didn't, we didn't mention it, and Shmuel says, and been this, and been now to Yomot Mashiach, we said she would not do it. Maybe he left out the Beth Mikdash, and he also left out no swords. Once you're leaving out things, you leave out that too. So he explains that that when we say there's no difference, it means there's no difference about what we have now to what we're going to have then. Nothing is going to go away besides Shibud Masuyot. But there are going to be things that we're going to get. Nothing that we have now will go away besides that. And therefore, we see that swords are not going away. That's why he's arguing. But when it comes to new things to get, like a Beth Mikdash, that's not a good love that. We weren't talking about that. Okay? That's the Ben Yerida. Beautiful. I'll prove to you that there'll be no difference in Shmuel. Because the Pasuk says that you'll never stop having poor people in the world. Now, if you say that everything is different, then there should be no poor people either. The fact that you see that there's going to be poor people always means that the world is working regularly even after Mashiach comes. Messiah of Chiyabar Abba. It's a proof of Chiyabar Abba. Dabar Chiyabar Abba. Kol Yilon Nabu'u El Yimot HaMashiach. All the Nabi'im 
נבואות יש בימות המשיח. אבל לעולם הבא, לעולם הבא, which comes after משיח טיים, אין לו עדיין אם זו הדרך הטלה. That no one has ever seen. So, the brighter, which says that everything is talking about the Yimot HaMashiach, including the getting rid of the sword, that brighter of getting rid of the sword being part of Yimot HaMashiach fits like Rebchia Bar Abba. Because Rebchia Bar Abba says that everything that the Yimot talking about is talking about Yimot HaMashiach. There's two stages. There's the Mashiach stage, after Mashiach comes, And then there's a time where all the, everyone walks around with nobody, just neshamot. So that's called olam and neshamot. That olam haba, no one has ever seen and no one can even talk about it. There's no nevi'im who even talk about that, according to Rukhiyah Barabba. According to Shmuel, no. In the time of Mashiach, the swords are out and everything's the same. So what's the pasuk talking about when it says it's not going to be swords? According to Shmuel, that pasuk is talking about the olam and neshamot. But that doesn't fit the Rebchia Barabba, because Rebchia Barabba claims that no Navi ever spoke about the, the, the Olam and Neshavot. And therefore, the, the Brita together, the Brita together with Shmuel, with Rebchia Barabba, are both saying that there is no, there's no difference. Okay. The Ikka Da'ari, and there are those who say, Abu Lord, the Be'er Some say that the rabbi told me that if they're jewelry for men, why are they gone when Mashiach comes? Right? Hold on. Right? I am the Shmuel. That's Shmuel. I'm sorry. I'm all ahead. He told him back. I'll be Mashiach in Amitali. He told him back, you know, they're going to be there in the days of Mashiach. You can have them too. Only a lot of you're not going to have them. And hide the shmuel, and if so, they go on the shmuel. Upliga de rechiv araba, and these guys are arguing rechiv araba. So according to this ikad amri, shmuel has in his corner revealing is it, and rabbanan have in their corner rechiv araba. Okay, so there's a machlokah between amoraim and tanaim about whether or not they'll be fighting in the days of Mashiach. Amol rabbi or rabbi, but amri la rabiva. Rabbi said either rabbi, either rabbi or rabiva. Either, or maybe Rabbi Yosef is the one who said to Redeem or Rabbi Yosef. Why did Rabbi say that these are Jewish for men? It says, put your sword at your side. A strong man His beauty. So you see from the Pasuk that the beauty of a strong man is his sword. You see a guy with a gun and it makes him look powerful. A weapon is beauty. That's what the Pasuk is saying. When it says put your sword on your belt, David and was talking about Torah sword. He was talking figuratively. So how could you bring a proof from that Pasuk? That Pasuk is really talking about the Bnei Torah. And so the Gemara, Amalei, so more Bermuda told him back, in, en mekna yoseh, which means that even though it's true that it's talking about Torah, but every Pasuk, when you give an example, 
when the Torah gives an example of a sword being beauty, yes, he's really talking about Torah. But that doesn't mean that a sword isn't beauty. The mashal has to be true too. Just like if you give a mashal for something, the mashal isn't true. That's not what I'm not talking about the mashal. But the mashal is true. Right? So too, when, this, when David Amelch uses the sword in Tehillim as an example for the Torah, but the example has to be true too. Otherwise, it won't make sense. He says, I am 18 years old. And I finished all the Mishnayot in Shas. I never knew that you can't take a Pasuk out of Shutor till now. My Kamasran, the Ligmar Inish, the Hadar Lizbar. What do we learn from here? We learn to teach you that a person should always learn first, learn a lot of Mishnayot, and then you'll figure out the difference of it, which means of Kahana. He must have had a problem with the religion and didn't stop him from finishing the whole shot when he was 18 years old. Okay. We're at the two dots. Iman Zarut. Amar Bihima, Amar Abrahazar. Shetam Yechimimah Hadzima. Zedem Halakha. If you have two rabbis who sharpen each other in Halakha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Matziach Lehem Hashem makes them succeed. Shneemar, this is the biblical verse. V'hadalcha Tlach. Don't read it. Read it. Not only that, they go up to greatness. You might think it's even if they learn Torah together, they'll also get these blessings. No, says the Pasuk, Talmud Amad, Al Devar Emet. Hold on one second. Let me just eat this. Okay, let's continue. I'm sorry. Am I recording still on? I put it back on, yes. Okay. Yachol, Kim Hinis Dato. You think if the guy got haughty, if he got arrogant from being a, a rabbi, that he'll also get the Benachah? Talmud Amad va'anvat tzedek. Only with humility you have tzedek. V'imasakin, if he did Hashem Shalayim, zochin, he gets the zechut le'torah, sh'nena b'yamin. He'll get the zechut le'torah that was given with the right hand. Sh'nei man? V'torcha nora'ot kiminecha. The Torah will give you the wonders of the right. V'nachom ha'itzach amad, if you do that, you'll you'll be zocher to the things that are said about the right of Torah, the, the right hand of the Torah. The Amr Rabba Bar Mashiva, the Amrila, Amr Biyot Barcham, Amr Mishushat. My dichtiv, orech yamin biyimina, b'smola osh bechavod. Why does it say that the length of days is, is in her right hand, b'smola, and in her left hand is osh bechavod, happiness? Wealth and respect. Ella, biyimina in her right hand of the, the right hand of the Torah, or the chemin is long life. Ika oshet v'kavod, or the chemin ika. There is long life. Oshet v'kavod lika, but there's no oshet v'kavod. You mean if you if you if you're in the Torah's right hand, it's only you only get long life. Ella, 
which means the people who use their right hand, their stronger part of their bodies, and the stronger part of their minds for Torah, they get they get even long life. And the Koshkin they definitely get the wealth and kavod. The Tzmanimba, if you use it with your left hand, which means you're not working so hard on it, then the Torah will give you wealth and kavod, but you won't necessarily get the Orechamim if you don't put your full kohot into it. Another thing about Libu Torah, if you have two Tavidah Hamim who play off each other in Halakha and they make each other better in Halakha, even Hashem himself is listening to them. Then they talk the fear of those who fear God. And the Pasuk ends, they Yakshiva Hashem when you say the dibur, it means nahat. Shemad yadber amin tachtenu. Hashem will will humble the 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 goyim under us. Okay, so too if you have humility in talking in halacha, Hashem always listens. My ulechoshveshimo. What does the pasuk mean when he says lechoshveshimo? At the end of Azim Zeberu Yirei Hashem, pasuk says that he'll write a seven zegron to those who fear Hashem and to those who think about His name. What does it mean, those who think about Hashem's name? Amr of Ami, Afilu Chishev La'atzot Mitzvah V'ne'enas V'asata Ma'alea Katuf Alam Kluki Ilu Asa'a Great, great line over here, Rabbi Person who tries to do a mitzvah and Hashem doesn't let him, you get the reward as if you did it. If you remember Irving, we had a question like this in the in Har Lebanon. Somebody asked, and as long as you try to do it, you get the reward. We had a whole question back and forth about this, but it's not not relevant for today's class. Let's continue. No, it's about this week also. What? But you remember we spoke about this? No, no. Some pirkei avod this week also. People who follow the pirkei avod for every week, they say pirkei avod this this week. Yes. I think I remember we spoke about it. One of the questions we asked was does that apply to avera also. We asked, right, we asked, does it apply to Avira? We said it doesn't. Did you try to do Avira? It doesn't. We had, we had, somebody asked the bomb question, if you remember. And I think we answered that at the time. I forgot mm-hmm. who it was. I don't know if it was you or somebody else. I thought it was you. But if you don't remember, maybe it wasn't. Amar Bechina, Chalina Bar'ivi. Kola Hosei Mitzvah Kimamara. Anyone who does the Mitzvah in all the details, not missing anything, and Vasimazo Mitzvah he will not get bad news. Shneemad, Shomer Mitzvah, Lo Yeda Davala. You will not know bad news because you do Mitzvah perfectly. Okay? Amar Ba'asi, V'yitem Rav Chanina, Avilo Kosvachu Gozer Gezera, Hu Mvatla. Even if Hashem had a Gezera against you, by doing a perfect Mitzvah, you could be Mvatelet. You could nullify it. Shneemad, Kasher Diber Melech Shaton, just like the king who rules says, and who could say, who could tell him, who could tell the king what to do? And right next to the Pasuk says, who could tell the king what to do? The Pasuk says, but one who does a mitzvah will not know evil. And therefore we see that even though nobody else can tell Hashem what to do, but if you're a mitzvah, you still won't get anything, even if there's a gizera against you. Two 
who understand the halakha one from each other. Hashem will listen to their voice. So Pazuk says, if you're sitting in Ganim, sitting in gardens, which means if you're sitting in a bit Madrash, if they're friends who are listening, then Hashem will listen to their prayers. If they don't listen to each other in the bit Madrash, then the Shekhinah is going to leave the Jews. My beloved love, Hashem leaves us if they're not happy with each other. They're not listening to each other. I'm going to be about our Bishon Lakish. Two who gather together to learn and to help each other in halacha in order that everyone says it right. Hashem loves them. means gather together. On, on them, I love. That's only if they understand what they learned. That's if they don't have a rabbi to go to. But if they have a rabbi to go to and they learn together, that's not so good. If a person lends money, once you mention these two rabbis, you mention other things that are related to the rabbis, even though it's not related to Torah and Tabidah Hachanim. So Rabbi Mershavon says, if a person lends money to somebody, it's bigger than giving tzedakah. Why? Giving tzedakah should be better because he's giving the guy the money. But here, since you, you're not, you, he has the money to start his business, and he doesn't feel like a hadith case, so you may even better than tzedakah. Umetil bekis, if you give him money to work with, if you invest money in a guy and you take back money from the guy, you'll tell me Quran is better than everything. Now, why is that better? Again, you would think that the best thing is tzedakah. The second best thing is lending. And the worst thing is investing. Because when you invest, you're getting a piece of it. You're getting something back. You see from here, the opposite. When you get something back from the investment, the person taking it doesn't feel bad because he thinks that you're investing it because you want to make money. And as long as you're making money, so he feels not bad at all. When you lend him money without getting any money back, he still feels a little bit indebted to you because you did him a favor, but he doesn't feel as bad as tzedakah. And the least is tzedakah. So it all goes by the feeling of the guy who got the money, the funds. If you have a Tamir Hacham who takes revenge and holds a grudge like a snake, stick to him. If you have a Amaaret, then don't live with him. Since he doesn't understand the mitzvot, you can't learn from him. Even though he's a Hasid and he's trying to what Hashem wants, but if there's no Holocaust, he's not a good guy to stick to. Three different rabbis said the name of Vershakish. Anyone who raises an evil dog in his house, he is holding back kindness from his house. Ramad, as it says in the Basuk, 
Lamas meneo chasid. The word Lamas refers to a dog. Shekem belashon yivari, because in Greek, kori lekelev lamas. They call it kelev lamas. Okay? From that way, it's a command. Aporek meru yirat shamayim, shema yirat shadai yadok. I read a story yesterday about this Gemara. There was a collector who had gone to a rabbi to raise money from Israel for his wedding. And the first time it ever happened, he had to raise money. Unfortunately, he had to come to America. He went from house to house. And everyone's giving a dollar, two dollars, and not making any money. It's his last day in America. And he, the, the Rebbe had told him, before he left, the Rebbe told him, no matter what you do, always smile and say thank you. No matter what they do for you, always smile and say thank you. So he's trying, but he's really not making any money. He's getting a dollar, a dollar, a dollar, a quarter, a nickel, five dollars, not so much money. Finally goes on the last day, and he gets to the house of a guy. And the guy is a wealthy guy here, the dog in the house. He answers the door. The guy says, one minute, I'll go get the money. He gets $5 out of his pocket. And the guy gives it to his dog and tells the dog, go give the money to the guy. And he takes it from the mouth of the dog. So he's so embarrassed. He's really going to go crazy. This guy said, now he's giving $5 to the dog. And, uh, but he knows what his rabbi said. So he tells the guy, Thank you so much. You have a very nice dog. He says, what do you mean? He says, oh, the Torah says, the Torah says, that a person shouldn't raise a kelevra in his house, a bad dog in his house. He says, but if you, if the Torah talks about a bad dog, that means there's such a thing as a good dog. So your dog is giving tzedakah, must be a good dog. So therefore, I'm telling you, it's a good dog. The guy stops. He gets very, very serious. He says, can you go across the street and tell my neighbor that? He said, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, please, please, go across the street and tell me that. So he goes across the street. He doesn't want to be embarrassed. He goes across the street and says, I just want to tell you what happened. I went to his house and I told him he's a very nice dog. He says, what? Really? Turns out that the guy was his father. The neighbor was his father. And the father wasn't talking to him because of the dog for many, many years. And because uh, he, he had a bad dog, he like, for five years, the father hadn't talked to his son. And now that the rabbi came and told him, that's a nice dog. So they made up. And the guy came across the street and he said, Thank you so much. What you see me from, give me back the five dollars. Took back the five dollars and wrote him a check for eighteen thousand. And and he said that it all came from listening to his rabbi to answer everyone to say the funny my folks. Okay, let's go further. there was a woman. The who I still don't recommend giving any money to a to a with a with a dog. Okay. There was a woman who came to a house to bake. Navach be Kalba. A dog barked at her. Itakalvada and her baby miscarried. Amale Malibeta, so the owner of the house told her, don't be nervous. The Shaklaniva, because I already took out its fangs. The Shaklin Tufne, we took out its claws, so don't worry, it's not gonna hurt you. Amrale, so she told him. He says, take back your kindness that you're doing to me to tell me this and throw it on the thorns. But not blood. The baby already moved and therefore you already messed me over with your bad dog. Even though you took out a thing, it's still a bad dog. This is an example of a bad dog. Pasuk says, that a, a bachur should be happy when he's young, and your heart should be happy when you're when you're a kid. Follow the ways of your heart. 
the follow the vision of your eyes. But no, and all these things, Hashem is going to bring you judgment. What, what does Basuk mean? Telling you, follow your eyes, do what you want, and Hashem is going to judge you. So it says, The beginning of Basuk is Yetzirah talking. Yetzirah saying, follow your heart, relax, enjoy, have fun. And then the Basuk is Yetzirah saying, watch out, Hashem is going to make you pay for it. That's according to the first opinion. That's a Huna. Till now, we're talking about Torah. And from here on, we're talking about Masih Tovim. So the beginning of Masih is talking about following your eyes in Torah, learn what you want to learn. In the end, we're talking about Masih Tovim. Okay? Good. Now, we said in the Mishnah, do we have time for this? Okay, do a little more. Okay. We said in the Mishnah, Biliot, these things could be, oh, we weren't sure what they were. We said the Tehorah. Our Bihuda. Biliot, Ze'et Adam. This is a um, armband. People used to have gold armbands that they wear on their biceps. That's what, uh, that's what a Biliot is, according to a Bihuda. Matib, Rabbi Yosef, Yosef asked the question, you mean it means an armband? Biliot, it says in the Mishnah, that's a tahor, you go out on Shabbat. That means they don't get tumah. Biyu atada, but na atada, tamehu, it's tameh. So therefore, we know that the armband is tameh. So since the Mishnah says it's tahor, I know that it's not an atada. That a bri is not an atada. Because if it was an atada, it would be, ta- it would be tameh. And the bri, the Mishnah says it's tahor. So where does it know? Hachikama. Bri. The Brit goes in place of, of Atada on the arm, which means just like when a person has his arm and he sticks out his arm, where would he put his armband? It would go in the middle on the bicep. It's a ring that goes around the bicep. Similarly, the Brit is a belt that goes around the woman's leg on the same part of the leg comparable to an armband on the arm. So it's high up on the thigh. It's a band that goes high up on the thigh. Sometimes the woman would use it as a belt to hold, to hold up their stockings. In the days before nylon, when stockings didn't hold on to you, if you want to make sure that your socks stay up, you would put these beads around your thigh, and you strap a string from the thigh to the stock, and that holds the stock up so they don't fall down and be less mute. Okay? So when we said it's an atada, we mean it's an atada on the leg. It wasn't a mistake. Of course, one tameh, one tahor. Now, says the Gemara. Now, and by the way, the reason why she's allowed to go out with the Nachabat, even though it's gold and it's jewelry, is because since it's in a place that's not siyut, we're not afraid she's going to show it to anyone, even though it's gold. Okay? Yativ Rabin Rabuna Kamed Rabiyamiyah. Yativ Rabiyamiyah Kamed Amnev. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar was sitting in front of Rabbi and Rabbi was was napping. The Atim Rabbi sat and said, "Biliot be'achat, be'keblayim b'shtayim." The difference between the chains and the biliot is that biliot is one, and the keblayim are two. Amalei Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar elu be'elu b'shtayim. 
Ravuna said no. He says it's not true. Both the Biryot, the garter, and the Kevalim are both two, and the, and the chains are both two. You have on both legs. Really, there's no difference between one and the other, except if you have a chain in between, then it's called a, 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 a leg chain. If there's no chain, then it's a garter. If you have a chain between it, it changes what it is, which means that you're going to say it's tahor, and then when you, once you put a chain, it becomes tameh. Yeah, yeah, two tahor things. We told you that these biliot, these garters, are tahor. So how can it be that there's two tahor things and you put a chain and become a tameh? And if you want to say, Kim Shmuel Banachmani, you were going like Kim Shmuel Banachmani. Tell Shmuel Banachmani, I'm a biochran. We now have a shmiak called the clay, matre, true tameh. How do we know if you have something that makes noise in a metal kelly that's tameh? Shemal called the vashi above esh, tabiru esh. So you see that even, even a, a keli that's made to make noise, you have to be mutamet because makbeltuma. So therefore, There is an extra word in Pasuk to Dibur. It says, Kol Davar. It could have said, Kol Asher Yavobayesh. Why Kol Davar? The extra word Davar is talking about Dibur, talking. That is, you have a keli, not only if a keli is made for cooking, but even if your keli is made for talking, like a musical instrument, it still gets Tameh. Right? And therefore, since these chains on a person, on a woman's leg, two garters will not make any noise. Just having two garters doesn't make noise. But if you add a chain, it starts making noise. So just like you saw that when you put in musical instruments, could be tameh, so too, yes, it's true. When you put the chain in between the garters, that will come tameh. Answer the ground, no. When you have a musical instrument, the reason why you put it there is to make noise. Over here, who wants it to make noise? You just want the guy stuck. He says, no. Here also it's doing an action, you know what? There was one Mishpachan Yishalayim. They used to take very, very long walks. Because the girls would walk with very long strides, you know, like gymnasts that would take extra long strides, it would cause their bitulot to fall out. Women, before they get married, had bitulot. And it's important for them to keep it until they get married. And it would fall out when they take these long strides. So they made them these chains. They put, they put, the, they put the chain in between. They shouldn't take such long steps. Then they wouldn't fall out. So you see that there is a purpose in the chains. Since the chains are serving a purpose. So therefore, the chains, we're going to make it. Amen. We're going to stop over here. It's a tad bit of yemia.
Oh, no, I'm sorry. In the time of Yirmiyah, when Yirmiyah woke up, he told me, thank you. Baruch, and Yochanan said the same thing. So we're ending off by the one dot, Ki Ater Avdimi, right over here, towards the bottom of Samachim Olamet. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Chazaku Baruch. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Thank you. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you. Shabbat Shalom, Ben. Irving, we'll see you later. Thank you, Rabbi.